Good morning, everybody. Go ahead and stand up. I hope you're excited to praise God this morning and sing along with us. If you want, we can start. Let's just clap our hands, yeah? I know this is tough. We can do it.
excited we are in the middle if you guys if this is your first Sunday in a while or you missed last week we're in the middle of a fast as a church as a community and um, I love the fast season I just feel like it does something to awaken what's really going on I we were talking about it in our pre-service prayer and, and just talking about how we talk constantly about a God that's good and he's all-powerful and he is everything that we need and he is love and he's all these things and then I look at my life a lot of times and maybe you can relate and I just settle for less of him and I felt so much through this fast God just saying man why would you settle if I'm what's everything that's good in your life I'm everything that brings fulfillment I'm everything that brings joy why would you settle for less of me? We become too content with the amount of God that we have in our lives where we're at. And we think, I think a lot of times that that's as good as it's gonna get. You, don't, you can reach a threshold and you never pass that point. And I believe with all of my heart, God is saying this morning, you haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what I have to offer. I have so much more in store for you. More joy, more fulfillment, more peace, more freedom, more because we are we serve a God who is unlimited and I believe God wants to show up this morning but there are very real prayer needs and that is also why we fast because you guys have things going on in your life you have struggles and tensions concerns about the future concerns about the past you have you have health and financial needs things where we need God to show up we need to hear him speak we need him to move in our lives and that is what we're gonna do right now. We're gonna pray really quick. And what I, I'm gonna pray with the microphone because I have it, um, but I'm gonna have you guys bring to mind what it is that you need God, whether you're fasting or not. The cool thing is God isn't gonna not hear you because you're not fasting if you're not. He loves you and he's excited that you're talking to him as well. So if, if you have things to bring to the table this morning, bring those. And we're gonna agree together as a community, as a family, and trust that our words are gonna go up to God like incense. And he's gonna hear our prayers because he cares. Would you close your eyes with me? Lord Jesus, you sacrificed yourself on the cross so that we could do this, so that we can communicate with you freely and openly. Father, I pray this morning for the needs that are going on all around us. I pray for our community and the struggles and the, the, the things that are happening. Father, we need more of you. I pray for just a deep hunger, as much as our physical hunger and our appetites increase. When we don't eat and we become 
really unhappy and, and dissatisfied with life, God, I pray that it would be like that when we don't connect with you spiritually, when we don't recognize our need for the bread that you offer. Father, this morning, I pray that all of our needs would be met in you. And if nothing else, I pray that you would just delight in our praise and in our worship because you alone are worthy. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's continue singing.
a powerful message. God doesn't give only part of himself. God gives his whole self to us. He's a good God. He gives all of us, all of himself to us. My name is Shelly. Good morning. I have the privilege of giving the giving message to you this morning, and I completely bungled it for first service, so I hope this goes a little bit better. I have a little bit of fasting brain. Is anybody else trying the fast yet? Does it kind of mess with your head? <laughs> like, I can't get my thoughts together. I'm an emotional mess. So I hope this goes a little better this service. Um, I've given the message a couple times, and I like stories. And I usually tell a story about um, something that's going on in my life that relates to giving, or a time in my life when God has blessed my giving. And so when I thought about giving the message today, nothing really came to mind. Like I said, I have fasting brain. So I thought, okay, well, I'll pray about it. So I sat down and prayed about it for some time, and I got nothing. <laughs> so I went to my Bible, also known as the Version app on my phone, and I did a word search. And I typed in the word money. Big mistake. There are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of verses um, relating to money in the Bible. 
And um, one story that stuck out to me in particular is a story of a young ruler who asks Jesus um, how he can inherit eternal life. And Jesus tells him this. His response is kind of terrifying, if you ask me. He says, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up your cross, and follow me. The rich man goes away sad, and I would too. <laughs> is this what God wants of me? Does, am I supposed to sell everything I own and give it away? What about my family? What about my kids? So I kept reading, and I had an aha moment. Insert little light bulb above my head. And this passage wasn't so much about money as it was about what the young ruler was searching for. He was asking for the way to eternal life because his life on earth and his earthly possessions were so good that he didn't want it to end. And Jesus is quick to redirect him to God. What makes eternal life great isn't the length of time we're in heaven or just the avoidance of hell. What makes eternal life great is the company we get when we get there. It's God. It's the eternal presence of God. That's what makes eternal life so great. And so in the same way that this young ruler missed the point, um, sometimes I think we too miss the point in giving. Sometimes we give for the wrong reasons. Um, sometimes I've given because I want to be blessed. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, that's what the Bible tells me. Give and you'll be blessed. Um, but that's not the point. The reason we give is threefold. To know him better, to set us free from the um, idolatry or the reliance on money, um, and to enrich our lives. The Apostle Paul said, if I give all I possess to the poor, surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I am nothing. When we give, we trade the promises offered by money for the promises offered by God. We don't ask you to give to fill the church's pockets or to empty your own. We ask you to give because it's one of the ways that Jesus teaches us to follow him. And so we have three ways that you can give this morning. Um, you can give online at avjourney.com. You can give here in person as the buckets come around. And you can also give by texting GIVE to that phone number. And you can choose the amount and the frequency uh, which you want to give. Super handy way to give. It's the way I give. Um, it just automatically comes out of my checking account each month. I get an email at about 1 o'clock in the morning that says, thank you for your gift to Journey. So, um, If I could have the ushers come forward, I'd like to pray over the offering this morning. Father God, thank you um, that you are good and that you don't give yourself in pieces. And when we give, you bless us. I thank you for that, Lord. So I ask this morning that as we give, that you would bless the offering. I ask that you would bless the service. I ask that you would be with Pastor Dave as he delivers the message. And um, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you are and all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm also the one responsible for giving you announcements this morning, and um, I wanted to say welcome to anybody watching on Facebook Live this morning. We're glad that you've joined us. For you here in our service, there's a couple things I want to point out to you. If you have a fussy baby and just want um, some privacy so they can cry and you can still see and hear the service, we have a cry room at the back of the room to the left. 
If you have any questions about anything I'm telling you, um, want to sign up for anything, you can see our hotspot out in the lobby to the right. It's Information Central. They'll answer all your questions and give you all the information you need. I need to get to my announcements. Here we go. So I have three announcements for you this morning. The first one is marriage retreat. Um, the $100 deposit is due this Friday, January 18th. There is still space available if you would like to go to that. We would love to have you join us. You can turn in your deposit at the hotspot today, or you can come by the offices this week. You can even text it through that app. There's lots of ways you can get your deposit in. The next event is Night to Shine. We are super excited about this event. It is a special needs prom um, by the Tim Tebow Foundation. We're still looking for volunteers. If you'd like to volunteer, I'm hearing that there's still buddies, um, a need for buddies. The buddy is, you get to be a prom date. <laughs> Who doesn't want to dress up for a prom? I want to. So go to the hotspot, sign up with the ladies there. They have some um, iPads that you can sign up on. You can sign up with Allison, or you can go to avjourney.com. Click on the link that looks just like that, and it'll pop open a window where you can sign up for a whole bunch of different needs, too. And last but not least is our prayer and worship night this Tuesday, the 15th, from 6.30 to 7.30. It's just an informal time for worship and prayer for you and your family. There won't be a message or anything, but there will be music playing and just time for you to spend time in the presence of God. Child care is provided, and that is my last announcement. So if I can have you all stand and greet one another, I'm gonna invite Pastor Dave up for the message. So how are you? Y'all doing good? Hey, it's, uh, it's a great day to be together. I wanted to say that for all of you who are a part of the fast, um, you're probably, if you, it depends on how you're going and what you're doing and all that. Um, like Shelly said, for those of you who did the water portion, um, I invited everybody to join us for three days of water only and then to see you know, how it goes from there. Um, wow, what a week. This is, uh, this is something I just want to kind of be real with a little bit. The the fast is a is a tough thing, especially if you are new to it. If you've never done it before, stopping to eat and uh, stop no food and just kind of spending that time with God is unusual. For um, our culture, it's completely unheard of. It's it's kind of silly to do that. People fast, but they don't do it the spiritual way. So for you to do that, it's probably getting a little pushback from friends or family. It's like, why would you do that? 
Oh, because God likes it when we're mean to ourselves. God likes it when we're really, you know, when we abuse ourselves. God likes, I don't know, it makes, you know, makes God happy to see us sad. I'm like, you know, what is that? And there's all kinds of misconceptions about what fasting is and what it accomplishes. Yeah, you can lose weight because you're not eating, but um, that's not the point. So we are week two now. Um, just finished my first seven days, and um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that more. But just want to tell you that I really, really encourage you, if you've never tried fasting, give it a shot. And um, I'm going to talk today about the heart of the matter. We'll talk today about why we do what we do. And here's the thing. We, we come from a culture that basically never says no to self. And we say yes and yes and yes. And how can I get more yes to me? How, how can I get more for me, more for me, more for me? And the Bible's really clear about to reset or refocus our heart on God gives us the ability to see beyond ourselves. And that's really, really powerful. I don't know about you, but every year... I kind of look forward to a reset. It's kind of like when your computer starts getting buggy or your phone and it's like things aren't working, your apps are kind of failing or crashing and you kind of like have to, you know, do the thing to reset it. That's what a fast does for me. Fasting is resetting my focus and my energies and my thoughts and my spiritual life. It's getting my whole body, mind, and spirit in one direction because for, for me, culture and life and busyness just takes me a million directions. So I need to have that opportunity to refocus, to recenter, to get my mind around what's most important. So that's why we started the series, the series called First, because we want to get back to what comes first. Paul was a guy that had, had experienced fame, he'd experienced fortune, he'd experienced the great, he was, he was the smartest guy in the room, he was the top of his class, he was the, the most uh, high performing of all the other Pharisees, it, it, he was just showing his pedigree. And basically, he said he came to a place where he realized this is nothing. It's all trash. It's all dung, he said. To me, I want to leave that all behind. I want to pursue what really matters for the rest of my life. I want to know Jesus. There was an encounter that he had that was so transforming that he said, I want to spend the rest of my life experiencing life with God. I want to go through life with Jesus. I want to know him. I want to know his power. I want to know how he suffered. I want, I want to experience even the resurrection that he had. I want to know him. And this was something that absolutely was so powerful that we, we've learned that the Apostle Paul was one of the greatest missionaries ever, and he planted more churches than anybody and basically wrote a great portion of the New Testament, and he's gone down in current history even still. He's talked about by billions of people every single week. Because this man said, I want to make my life about what comes first. Jesus said it this way, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other stuff. All these other things will be added to you as well. And that's where I want to camp today. We're covering familiar territory. For some of you who've been in church a while, this is familiar territory. But I'm, I'm going to go over it again. And uh, because honestly, this is so important. But I'm going to kind of take it from a little different angle. I'm going to talk about this central part of the fasting, which is prayer. Time with God. I want to talk about what it means. And, and if some of your concepts, if you hear prayer, and immediately you think boring religious duty. If that's kind of your thought, it's like, ah, or just really hard work or really uncomfortable. It kind of reminds me of a guy who had spent most of his life in the woods, and uh, a homesteader found it, came across him, they became friends, and one day, uh, the guy said, my axe is broken. You know, I built my house and all this stuff. And the new guy said, hey, 
you got to try this. This will change your life. And he hands him a chainsaw. And he said, this, this literally will, you, you'll not believe what you can do with this. He comes back a week later and the chainsaw sitting on a stump. There's only a couple of blocks of wood on the ground. And, and he said, what happened? He goes, oh, man, I don't know, but it just, uh, it just about killed me. I just, it, I couldn't get it. And the guy goes, well, let me check it out. He goes over there and he pushes a few buttons. And he goes, and the guy jumps back. What's that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> he didn't know it had a motor. And so he basically, this, this, is, this is the problem. You don't have the power if you don't have prayer. If you don't have a relationship, you're doing it wrong. And the guy's like, hey, if you're not getting this, if you're not getting this relationship thing to work in your life, it's not changing your life. If you're not making progress, you're not doing it right. If you don't have joy, if you don't sense love, if you don't, if you don't feel like the, the, the heart that you have for others is expanding, then maybe we're not doing it right. Maybe there's a power source that we are not tapping into, and we're just sitting there with a power engine doing this, and it's never going to get us where God wants us to go. And so I want to bring us back to the power source. I want to spend a little time around why it's so important. If it's boring to you, maybe we're not doing it right. If it's just a duty... Maybe we haven't discovered the power. If it's something you do when you're desperate and only when things go really, really bad, maybe you need to re renew the relationship. If it's spiritual arm wrestling where it all just is basically, well, this is what I have to do to get God to do what I want him to do. So I got to go in there and I got to say the right prayers. I got to say in the right way and I got to cross myself just right. And I got to say the right combo. And, and, and if I do it right... I wrestle good stuff out of God because he really doesn't want to do good for me. But if, you know, I, he has to when I say in Jesus' name. I mean, so, come on. Some people, we, it's, like, it's like superstitious rather than re relational. We, we have all these little rituals rather than a relationship. We want God to feel sorry for us and guilt him into action. Oh, God, I'm not eating. Oh, you better give me what I'm saying I need. And, and, and all of this stuff is basically a, it's a manipulation rather than what God wanted it to be in the beginning. Here's the problem. Those concepts assume that God is far away and unconcerned. They assume that God is not good, the most generous being in the creation, of, in the universe, I should say. We assume that God, for some reason, doesn't particularly like us or doesn't really have our best in mind or that God is, some reason, there is no connection where God wants to do for us. It's somebody else's faith, not mine. This assumes God does not want to act on our behalf. It's us who want him to. And we're trying to get him to agree with us. And here's the life-changing truth that I've learned about this. And, and again, none of this is new. But I'm, I'm telling you, it's so important. Our relationship with God has always been central. And it's his idea. It's all about relationship. And it's always been his idea. Prayer and all these other things, they are his idea. And here's what I mean. From the very beginning, the whole creation seemed to be centered around this relationship. <clears throat> God wanted to share his life with us. You think about, why did God make us? Are, are we his, like, cosmic ant farm he just put out there just for, for, just for fun? I mean, are, are, what are we? Were we slaves because he couldn't get things done that he needed done, so he needed us to do it? Obviously not. He spoke the world in existence. I mean, if you look around you, everything works by itself. I mean, God has designed the systems to stay in motion, and he didn't need you. What he wanted was a relate. He wanted to share the glory of what he has made and who he is with somebody. He made us because he wanted to be with us. 
It's kind of like, you know, Lori and I having life was so good. It was like, we can't keep this to ourselves. we got to create more and more and more. And just the end of creation, who knows when, you know, we just keep having more. But we had all these kids because we, we literally, we wanted to bring life out of our love and out of our life. And we wanted to share life with someone. God wanted to share it with you. That's why you're here. You're not here just because somebody needed to push these buttons and, you know, move these cranks and do this thing and, you weren't here just because somebody needed to take up space and use resources for about 70 years or 80 years and then check out. You're here because the creator wanted relationship with you. He made you for it. He designed you for it. It's what you are here for. This is why Jesus said, seek it first. It's why you are here on the planet. Seek it first. And you know all that other stuff that you do? That's great. But that's next. And he'll take care of all your needs. See, the creation account tells us of a God who placed humanity in the most beautiful world possible. Full of all this amazing potential. And he tells them to go out, love, live, marry, create families. The best things of earth are yours. Create meaning, purpose, and you'll discover joy and richness. All of these things. But here's the powerful thing. He was himself present in the story. God wanted to be a part of our story, and that's why God came to walk with him in the cool of the day. It was like, that was God's pattern. He, God began, God was walking with him in the garden. God was walking in the garden, and this intense, the sense here is that he was doing this as his practice. God was here with them. This is powerful. God made you to be with you. And, and it's, the thing is, God's plan from the beginning was for us to walk in close relationship with him seems like it's the center of it all. God was freely sharing in this loving world with his kids. It's kind, it's kind of like parents when your kids move out and it's like your excitement about helping them get their first home. And hopefully that's the relationship you have. And it's like this, this joy that you have, like, oh, I want to help, you know. This, and that's the joy God was feeling when he let them loose in the garden. It's like, oh, man. But here's the thing. He didn't do it all for them. He gave them the resources, gave them the knowledge. He gave them basically the background. And then he said, now go and thrive, flourish. He wanted to do it not for them. He wanted to do it with them. And this is so amazing. His desire was always to be right there, walking in relationship with them. And so when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, when the serpent, the evil one, came and tempted them and said, did God really say you can't eat from that tree. Did God really say that? Well, the only reason he said it is because he knows when you do, you'll be like God. And this is the thing. Adam and Eve pushed back. They ate the fruit. The creation fell with them. And they said, basically, we've got this. We don't want your leadership or your help. Or, and one more thing. We don't trust you want the same good that we want for us. We don't trust that your good is the good that we want. So we want our way. So it's kind of like a child who thinks they know more than their parents when they're 14 years old. You know, they know everything. And our disobedience not only broke God's heart, but it brought death to our spirits. And it separated us from that relationship that he designed us for. I believe humanity fell because we believe perhaps the oldest and greatest lie the evil one gives us. And this is it. God is holding out on you. God doesn't want the best for you. What God wants is something else, and you have to pursue what's best for you 
on your own. You're on your own. And you can appease God, but you'll always have to take care of yourself. Isn't that the way a lot of people approach God? Isn't that the way you approach life? God is good, but I have to take care of myself. And the Bible is saying, but seek him first. What you don't realize is that the whole point of Jesus was to renew that relationship, to restore the created order, to begin the kingdom, as, we cre- as you see in creation in Genesis, to renew that so that we begin walking with God as we did from the beginning, in personal relationship. And this is the thing. Ultimately, God knows more what makes us happy than we know what makes us happy. Ultimately, this is what you have to understand. What God wove into the way things are made, God wove literally our happiness, our fulfillment, our thriving, our flourishing, our greatest joy into the way things are made. And when we follow him, we unleash those things. That is why he calls us back to himself. God loves us. He wants to share the best of life with us. His ultimate desire is not to deprive us, but to see us thrive. Therefore, healthy relationship in prayer is one way we grow in relationship with God. That's how we grow in relationship with God, is in prayer and discover his plans for us. So, life and relationship can only be experienced when we acknowledge that we're disconnected and we return to God. We turn from life on our terms, turn back to God's terms. That's the only way it works. I was listening to a guy this week. He was talking about emotionally healthy spirituality. And uh, he's written a book, and I'm going to be sharing some more from that in coming months. But he basically was talking about the way the rhythm of the world was made. It was anchored in this reality of rest and work, rest and work, rest and work. Yeah, yeah, you need to work. In six days, do it. But on the seventh day, God rested, and he wants us to rest. On the seventh day, he wants us to trust that the world will still continue, that life will still go on. On the seventh day, on one day a week, he wants us to stop and focus our lives back around him, to recenter around what life is all about. And if we don't, we continually deceive ourselves about why we're here. That's what the Sabbath is. It's to help us remember why are we here. What's really the story I'm in? Not all these narratives or movies or all these other things. What is the story I'm really in, and how does it go from here? Every first day of the week, God said, just spend it with me. And I was reading that this guy was saying, and God not only did that, in the Jewish world, God said, listen, not only will I show you that the world can, can continue one day a week, Every seventh year, I want you to take that year off. I want the ground to lay fallow. I want all the plants and everything just to go ahead and fall back into the earth. And I want to replenish the earth with all of that's in the soil. I want you to, and I'll provide for you. Go ahead and work. Those six years are going to be so abundant, you're not going to need that seventh year. And they took the entire seventh year off. And I'm like, I want to be Jewish. I want to join. Where do we go to sign up for that? It's like, yes. I, I think that is the best news ever. That God's like, I want to show you that I'm so good that you can even take every seventh year and just travel, vacation, sleep, read, garden, whatever. I want to give you the world and all the blessings of it, but I want you to realize it's my world, and I've woven certain things into it, and it only works when you work it my way. That's why he said that certain things can only be done a certain way, like sexuality and our thought life and the way we treat others and love and all these things. That's why he said, I have plans for you. Because it's woven into the way I made you. 
and you'll not find ultimate happiness, fulfillment, and joy. You'll not thrive. You'll not see the long-term life-giving, you know, uh, experience of fullness unless you do it this way. God loves us. He wants that relationship with us. And that's why we read in, Je in elect, uh, Le Leviticus chapter 26, God gives a story to uh, basically takes the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. And he said, now that you've abandoned me and you got taken away, now you've been slavery in slavery for 400 years, I want to show you again what it looks like to walk with me. I want to show you again when you enter reality, the reality of how I made the world, and you walk in that, this is what life looks like. Here's what he said. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you rain in its season. Thank the Lord for the rain. <clears throat> and the ground will yield its crops and the trees their fruit. Your threshing will continue until grape harvest. And the grape harvest will continue until planting. And you will eat all, all the food you want and live safely in your land. He goes like, one is going to overlap. It's like your paycheck, you don't even spend it all before you get the next one. And that, before that one's gone, you get another one and another one. That's exactly what God is saying. He goes, I will grant you peace in the land. And it's no more wars, no more conflict, no more like neighbors hating each other. You will, lie, you will lie down and no one will make you afraid. You won't have to have security systems to pay companies. And I will remove the wild beasts from the land and the sword will not pass through your country. You will pursue your enemies and they will fall by the sword. Catch this. Five of you will chase a hundred. A hundred of you will chase 10,000, Thor. And your enemies will fall by the sword before you. What superhero do you want to put in there? He's saying, that's you. I'm like, who's the, who's the stud of the universe? Well, listen, you walk with me. You walk in obedience and the way I created things to be. And guess what? I'm going to empower you to live like nobody else. I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your numbers. And I will keep my covenant with you. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you have to move it out to make room for the new. I'll put my dwelling place among you, and I will not abhor you. I will walk among, I will walk among you and be your God. You will be my people. He's saying, I want to be back in relationship with you. Remember where we started? That's where it ends. It started with the birth and a wedding, and it ends with a wedding and a birth. It started with God's relationship in, God, in the garden. It ends with God's relationship with us in the garden. It's all a big giant thing where God's bringing about the ultimate reality of his kingdom, his world, his way with all of those who want to walk in it. All of those who want to love and live in it. Right? And he goes on, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians. I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with your head held high. Oh man. What, what's revealed here in the scripture is that God is saying, I want, I want you to see that life with me is the best life possible. If you think you can do it on your own, I mean, you just keep falling off the cliff over and over again and try to patch yourself together. People are going to do it. doesn't matter what I say. doesn't matter what you hear. You're going to make up your own mind. But God was just saying, listen, if you want to step into the reality of the way I made things and the life that I promised, you've got to come back to the relationship relationship. Notice he didn't talk here about religion, rules. He talked about, I want to be in this with you. Jesus even said it. He talked about it a different way. He's, but he clearly taught God is crazy about his kids, wants to give us that best life. He said this in Matthew 7. Ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you will find. 
Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the, your heavenly Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus was clearly revealing the nature of God. And his desire to care for you, for you, not for pastors, not for super religious people, which a lot of pastors are not, but for you. Jesus was saying prayer is one of the ways that we're going to build, coming to God and asking him. It's one of the ways we build a relationship with God and learn to walk with him. Prayer is one of the ways we bring that relationship back to the center. It's how we share our lives with God or learn to hear his voice through daily connection. We share our life, our joys, our sorrows, our pains, our fears, our frustrations, our anger, our hatred. We, we just bring it all. And we lay it up before God. And he meets our needs. And he gives us our desires. This amazing thing was all his idea. So if you're worried about, well, but I, I just can't get it right. I'm not good at this. If you ever felt like you're just lacking on your end, that you don't bring enough and you can't do it right or you've screwed up so much, God can't hear you and all this stuff. I, I love, I love what Max Lucado, Christian author and pastor said. He said, our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not the one who says it, our prayers make a difference. Hey, everybody, it works. It works for regular people like you and I. So if you're a practical person like me, and this is where I get really practical, and again, I'm going to be, some of the things you're going to hear, I've said over and over, and I'm going to keep saying them, because if you don't get this, you miss out on life. Here's what it is. I want to know, how do I do this? Yes, Pastor Dave, but how? That's great, but how? And that's where I'm at. How? Let's talk about how. Jesus gave us this example. Because what happened, his disciples came to him one day, and they'd been watching the, the John the Baptist and his disciples, and they'd watched Jesus and his connection with God, and they said, Jesus, we noticed that John taught his disciples how to pray. And when you talk to the Father, oh, man, things happen. It's, it's, like, it's like unbelievable. Would you teach us how to pray? So Jesus gives them an example in Matthew 6, 5. We read this before, and here it is. And some of you could quote this. And when you pray, he starts off, yeah, you're gonna, I'm going to teach you to pray. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. I love that, that Jesus just calls it out. God is invisible, and right now, the stuff that you're made of, it's like a moth to the flame. You can't be in the presence of God without me. But he's unseen, but he wants relationship with you. Pray to the God who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans. Or think they'll, they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. And he breaks it down. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For, I know a lot of you, but for thy is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Nope, it goes on. There's more to this prayer. For, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Have you ever prayed that part? Do we, did you kind of know that that was there? That that was like the tag on? That was the end of it? It's like, yeah, this whole prayer and forgiveness thing? Yeah, it's, it's really, 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 really important. It's really important that you develop the Father's heart and you give what you've been given, forgiveness. So where do we begin? To pray like Jesus prayed. Let's begin with this. And again, nuts and bolts. But you pray. Approach your Heavenly Father. Approach Him as a Heavenly Father. He is your Heavenly... He said, our Father in Heaven. Jesus taught us to pray that way. I love what Martin Luther said. He said, prayer is climbing up into the heart of God. It's like climbing up into the lap of your daddy. If you're a baby, if you're a child, if you're a little one, and anything going on in your life, it was just one of the most comforting places to be in the lap of your parent. And, and God is like, that is who I am to you. And Jesus is saying, you approach him as your heavenly father. You, you have to understand our father in heaven wants to, the best for you. He won't do anything that isn't good for you. But everything he does is to lead you to the life that he has intended, and it may take you through a desert, may you take you through a challenge, but God's plan is always your ultimate success and thriving. But great prayers hinge on this one thing, understanding who are you praying to? What is your God like? Are you praying to a God of judgment and anger? Well, that's part of God's character. He is a judge. And he is angry over what's taking place and what we do to each other and what we've done to ourselves and what we've done to his world. There is judgment coming. That's the nature that's a part of God. But what is your God like? Who are you praying to? An angry, demanding deity? Or are you praying to your daddy in heaven? Daddy in heaven. Your, your father who just wants to be with you. Going on, Max Lucado said, of all the words of the prayer, the most important ones are the first ones. Our father. That's the key. We start right there with that fact. God is our Father. And the way we come into prayer, prayer time is just to acknowledge who He is. Man, I, I, just, I just really want to get this in you. This is the best dad ever. I don't know if you know your dad, ever met your dad, if you have a great relationship with your dad. I don't know, but some of you, man, the Father thing just sets off all kinds of warnings and it, it just sets off weird feelings then picture the greatest father you've ever known or seen or, or, or watched on a movie. Just picture that times a billion. This is the father who has made you, designed you, loves you, wants to celebrate you, wants to know you. Our father. So when you pray, start out just father. It's, it's a personal relationship. Start there, God. Thank you that you're my father in heaven. That that's what kind of relationship we have. And then it says approach him humbly with a worshipful heart. Hallowed be your name. Recognize who he is <clears throat> in honor, that he is the maker. He is the other. He's not like us. He is the one who spoke it all into being and recognize his power, his wonder. Start with this concept of, man, you are holy. 
hallowed. You are special, different. You are, there is nothing else like you. And, and this is the part where basically we, we distinguish the fact that God is all maker of everything. He's all present. He's all knowledge. He's all power. He is omni. And this, this God wants to be in relationship with me. This is where I thank him. I sing to him. I tell him why I love him. For me, this is easy because I, I try to spend time with God oftentimes in the morning during sunrises or I talk to God oftentimes during sunsets and that's where the world just comes alive for me and I'm like just watching the glory of these things that God has made and I'm like, oh, what a great reminder. This isn't you, but this is a reflection of you. This is what you're like. This is the world as God designed it, beauty and just bringing order out of chaos and glory out of nothing. And I recognize it's yours. It's you made it. And it's, it's something that you've given to us. I thank you. And I start thanking him for things like, thank you for my truck. Thank you for the money to pay my bills. Thank you for these, this family and this incredible relationship I have with my kids. And this, I love my life. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the people that I get to spend life with. Thank you for the journey that I'm on. And I just go through the list. I just thank him. And I put on worship music sometimes. I, I'm very distractible, so I don't do it often. But occasionally I do, and I just, I just sing those praise songs to God. Um, maybe you tell him why you love him. When, when we were dating, I've told you this before, um, I would tell Lori I love her, and, and sometimes she'd say, why? And I'm like, because you're beautiful, you know. That's the guy's line, you know. And she's like, you know, that's cheap. You, you have to say that. No, tell me, why do you love me? You know, and it wasn't some egotistical thing. She wanted to know, what do you see in me? What is different from me than every other woman in the world? Why, why have you chosen me? And I, at first, it's kind of like, uh, 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 you know, oh, you know, you, 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 and I'm like, you know, <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I have to really have to think about this, you know? What, why do I love you more and differently than anyone else in the world? And then I realized, and I started, man, it just, flooded as I began watching her and just going through life with her I'm like I love your smile I love your sense of humor I love that you are laughing all the time I love that you can take the worst cir circumstances and turn them into the best things I love your decorating and designing anyway I could just go on and on and on and so those things just I delight in and that's what God is saying like what is it you do you actually know me do you actually see me then call out what you see I want to know how you see me what our relationship is made of because it's all about what you believe about God. Humbly, our Father, hallowed be your name. Then he goes on, pray his will. <clears throat> your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is his ultimate plan and kingdom in your life. It's like, God, I want what you want. I want whatever is going on in your mind to be a reality in my life. Whatever is going on in your plan to be acted out in my daily experience. I want to live your plan. I want to come into it. I want to experience life like you talk about in scriptures, life to the full. I want to be overflowing with joy and speakable and full of glory. I want all of that stuff. I, I want what that means to walk with you. So let your kingdom come in my life. Let your plan rule over my plan. And if my plan breaks out of the plan you have for me, then God, redirect me back to your plan. I want your kingdom. And God, bring your kingdom now. Please bring your kingdom soon. Let your kingdom really expand in the world because we need it more than ever. Then he goes on. Ask for what you need. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. God, we have needs. We're people. 
And we're broken people. I need forgiveness because I screwed up again. I need love because I feel sometimes alone. I need comfort because a lot of stuff in the world is, is really hard. I need wisdom because I don't know what to do about this situation. I need healing and help in a relationship. I need this job situation to work out. I need, and you just go down your list of needs. But whatever's pressing on your heart, don't you know? He said, your father already knows, but he wants the time to talk with you. You know what I love with my kids is my kids know that I will give them whatever I can to their needs. I mean, my kids know I'm a softie, I'm a pushover, that they can have whatever's in my wallet and then some. The guy on the street doesn't know that, but he could probably get it too. It's just like, it's, it's what... It's that relationship where people know that, my gosh, my dad would do anything for me. And that's what he's saying. I want to meet your needs. I want you to come to me honestly and ask for me. Then it's confess your sins. Ask for God's forgiveness for every time you failed. Trust him and choose to obey him. Forgive us our debts. Disobedience is essentially believing that I know best. And confession is basically coming back to you know best. And I'm sorry I didn't trust you. I'm sorry I defied you, disobeyed you. I'm sorry I went my own way. I'm sorry I used your name that way. I'm sorry I treated my neighbor like that. I'm sorry I made my wife feel that way, my husband. I'm sorry. Father, I, I want to be forgiven. You know what's best. I don't. And it's owning your stuff. It's being real before God. And believe me, this is an important part of my prayer life. I come to God and it's like, here it is. Now, God, I want to renew my life. You said, if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just. You'll forgive all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So here it is. I'm confessing. Confessing is just admitting it, owning it, turning from it. This is what he says then. Forgive anyone who sinned against you. Forgive, our, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I know if you're, if you're from a different faith tradition, it's trespasses or whatever. But here's the thing. Whatever tradition you read it in, here's the words. Forgive. 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 We're all broken. We all hurt each other. We don't mean to. It's just part of who we are. We want what we want, and sometimes we don't look around us when we get what we want. Sometimes we're unaware. Sometimes we're deliberate, but we hurt people. We've got to learn not to keep track of the wrongs that happen to us. We've got to learn not to be so offendable. We've got to accept that God, God is so gracious and we can't give of our own forgiveness until we receive his. So when we receive his, then we just turn around and give it. I didn't deserve it. They don't deserve it. I'm going to give it. You gave it no matter what I did. I'm, I'm going to give it no matter what they did. I'm not saying I'm going to run back in and let them abuse me or do something stupid like that, but I am going to forgive. I'm not going to hold it against them or wish evil upon them. I'm going to trust you to carry out whatever sentence needs to be carried out. And God, you know best. Your kingdom, your will. And the final one is this. Ask for the power to overcome the enemy without and the one within. Ask for the power. This, this enemy inside of you is the things you do to yourself. God, give me power to overcome my own stupidity, my own habits, my own temptations, my own weaknesses. Give me the power to resist the evil one and the things that he brings that I can't say no to, that I just don't seem to be able to. Deliver me from the things from without. Deliver me from the things that lure me away and draw me away from you. From the voices that say, did God really say? What he knows is that you're going to be happier without him. Bring me back and protect me from those voices. 
the evil one is master of lies and his goal is to get you to stop believing in the good God and believe about some other kind of God. So I want to just close today by just inviting you on a prayer journey this week, what I'm asking you to do. Take the time that you have in the morning or, or whatever time that you want to give to God and start going through the prayer that we just talked about. Our Father in heaven. And just work your way through it. If you have your own prayer life and you've been doing this for years, just keep going. Amen to you. But if you're like a lot of people and it's like, this really, is, I know it. I should do it. But to be honest, I feel really guilty because I'm bad at it. I'm really bad at it. Let's go back to the first concept, which is why are we doing this? Because our Father in heaven wants relationship with us. Let's go back to our Father. And let's walk through this thing. And this week, I want you to put him first. Put him first. Use the fast. Use the, the no meal time. Use the lack of food to drive you back to put him first. And this week, I'm going to ask you just to continue that prayer. God, I want you to move in the Antelope Valley. And I want you to move through our church. And I want you to move through our leadership. And I want you to move your kingdom here. Your kingdom up there, come down here. We want to see you work in our valley. Folks, our valley is broken. Drive around. Interact with its people. You will know. Just drive down the streets. You will see God wants so desperately to work in this valley, and he's looking for people whose hearts beat like his heart. So pray for our valley. Pray for our country. I won't say any more today, but pray. Pray for our leaders. And pray for yourself. Pray that this year would be a year of awakening like you've never had before. Pray that the relationship you have with God would become personal, not distant. It would become real, not imagined. It would just be part of you. I'm going to pray for you as we close. God, as we wrap up today, I'm so glad, I'm so grateful you taught us how to live. Because, man, this world is confusing, and there's a million maps out there that tell us how to get from here to happiness, and they just keep ending up somewhere else. And I just pray, God, that we would discover that you wove into the created order as you wove into our own bodies and our own DNA ways in which the world works and that we thrive. And when we trust you, you lead us on those paths. And I just pray, Lord God, that we would step into relationship with our Father in a new way this week. If you're here and you're new to this and you're curious God has offered relationship with you. It says in John 3.16, God so loved this world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. He's basically saying, I want to give you life. Would you believe? And if you don't know what that means, then come see one of us afterwards. We'd love to talk with you. But today I want to invite you to a prayer of receiving God's next for you. God, lead us each to discover what's next. New relationship, new adventure, new career, new journey, new whatever, new opportunities, God, or just a deeper knowledge of you and a faithfulness to live life your way. I pray that you would lead me. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, guys, so this week, continue on. If you're fasting, continue the fast. If you haven't tried it yet, pick it up. Maybe take a meal during the week, during uh, one part of your day. Go away. Spend some time getting that quiet place. We'll pick it up next week. I'll give you a lot more information about how we continue to put God first. Let's stand together today and worship as we leave.
Sunday.